Section 5 of Report on the Investigation into Russian Interference in the 2016 Presidential Election. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Angelique G. Campbell, May 2019. Report on the Investigation into Russian Interference in the 2016 Presidential Election. By Robert Muller. Section 5. Russian Government Links to and Contacts with the Trump Campaign. The office identified multiple contacts, links, in the words of the appointment order, between Trump campaign officials and individuals with ties to the Russian government. The office investigated whether those contacts constituted a third avenue of attempted Russian interference with or influence on the 2016 presidential election. In particular, the investigation examined whether these contacts involved or resulted in coordination or a conspiracy with the Trump campaign and Russia, including with respect to Russia providing assistance to the campaign in exchange for any sort of favorable treatment in the future. Based on the available information, the investigation did not establish such coordination. This section describes the principal links between the Trump campaign and individuals with ties to the Russian government, including some contacts with campaign officials or associates that have been publicly reported to involve Russian contacts. Each subsection begins with an overview of the Russian contact at issue and then describes in detail the relevant facts, which are generally presented in chronological order, beginning with the early months of the campaign and extending through the post-election transition period. Subsection A. Campaign Period. Running from September 2015 to November the 8th, 2016. Russian government-connected individuals and media entities began showing interest in Trump's campaign in the months after he announced his candidacy in June 2015. Because Trump's status as a public figure at the time was attributable in large part to his prior business and entertainment dealings, this office investigated whether a business contact with Russian-linked individuals and entities during the campaign period, the Trump Tower Moscow Project, led to or involved coordination of election assistance. Outreach from individuals with ties to Russia continued in the spring and summer of 2016 when Trump was moving toward and eventually becoming the Republican nominee for president. As set forth below, the office also evaluated a series of links during this period. Outreach to two of Trump's then-recently named foreign policy advisors including a representation that Russia had dirt on Clinton in the form of thousands of emails, dealings with a D.C.-based think tank that specializes in Russia and has connections with its government, a meeting at Trump Tower between the campaign and a Russian lawyer promising dirt on candidate Clinton that was, quote, part of Russia and its government support for Trump, end quote, events at the Republican National Convention, Post-convention contacts between Trump campaign officials and Russia's ambassador to the United States, and contacts through campaign chairman Paul Manafort, who had previously worked for a Russian oligarch and a pro-Russian political party in Ukraine. Subsection 1. Trump Tower Moscow Project The Trump Organization has pursued and completed projects outside the United States as part of its real estate portfolio. Some projects have involved the acquisition and ownership through subsidiary corporate structures of properties. In other cases, the Trump Organization has executed licensing deals with real estate developers and management companies, often local to the country where the project was located. Between at least 2013 and 2016, the Trump Organization explored a similar licensing deal in Russia involving the construction of a Trump-branded property in Moscow. The project, commonly referred to as a Trump Tower Moscow or Trump Moscow project, anticipated a combination of commercial, hotel, and residential properties all within the same building. Between 2013 and June 2016, several employees of the Trump Organization, including then-president of the organization, Donald J. Trump, pursued a Moscow deal with several Russian counterparties. From the fall of 2015 until the middle of 2016, Michael Cohen spearheaded the Trump Organization's pursuit of a Trump Tower Moscow project, including by reporting on the project's status to candidate Trump and other executives in the Trump Organization. Subsection A. Trump Tower Moscow Venture with the Crocus Group in the years 2013 to 2014. 
the Trump Organization, and the Crocus Group, a Russian real estate conglomerate owned and controlled by Eris Agalarov, began discussing a Russia-based real estate project shortly after the conclusion of the 2013 Miss Universe pageant in Moscow. Donald J. Trump Jr. served as the primary negotiator on behalf of the Trump Organization. Emin Agalarov and Arakli Ike Kavladze represented the Crocus Group during negotiations with the occasional assistance of Robert Goldstone. In December 2013, Kavladze and Trump Jr. negotiated and signed preliminary terms of an agreement for the Trump Tower Moscow project. On December 23, 2013, after discussions with Donald J. Trump, the Trump Organization agreed to accept an arrangement whereby the organization received a flat 3.5% commission on all sales with no licensing fees or incentives. The parties negotiated a letter of intent during January and February 2014. From January 2014 through November 2014, the Trump Organization and Crocus Group discussed development plans for the Moscow project. Sometime before January 24, 2014, the Crocus Group sent the Trump Organization a proposal for an 800-unit, 194-meter building to be constructed on a Galarov-owned site in Moscow called Crocus City, which had also been the site of the Miss Universe pageant. In February 2014, Ivanka Trump met with Emin Agalarov and toured the Crocus City site during a visit to Moscow. From March 2014 through July 2014, the group discussed design standards and other architectural elements. For example, in July 2014, members of the Trump Organization sent Crocus Group counterparties questions about the demographics of these prospective buyers in the Crocus City area the development of neighboring parcels in Crocus City, and concepts for redesigning portions of the building. In August 2014, the Trump Organization requested specifications for a competing Marriott-branded tower being built in Crocus City. Beginning in September 2014, the Trump Organization stopped responding in a timely fashion to correspondence and proposals from the Crocus Group. Communications between the two groups continued through November 2014 with decreasing frequency. What appears to be the last communication is dated November 24, 2014. The project appears not to have developed past the planning stage and no construction occurred. Subsection B. Communications with J.C. Expert Investment Company and Georgie Ritz-Heilitz. Summer and Fall 2015. In the late summer of 2015, the Trump Organization received a new inquiry about pursuing a Trump Tower project in Moscow. In approximately September 15th, Felix Sater, a New York-based real estate advisor, contacted Michael Cohen, then executive vice president of the Trump Organization and special counsel to Donald J. Trump. Sater had previously worked with the Trump Organization and advised it on a number of domestic and international projects. Sater had explored the possibility of a Trump Tower project in Moscow while working with the Trump Organization and therefore knew of the organization's general interest in completing a deal there. Sater had also served as an informal agent of the Trump Organization in Moscow previously and had accompanied Ivanka Trump and Donald Trump Jr. to Moscow in the mid-2000s. Sater contacted Cohen on behalf of the IC Expert Investment Company, a Russian real estate development corporation controlled by Andrei Vladimirovich Rozov. Sater had known Rozov since approximately 2007 and in 2014 had served as an agent on behalf of Rozov during Rozov's purchase of a building in New York City. Sater later contacted Rozov and proposed that IC Expert pursue a Trump Tower Moscow project in which IC Expert would license the name and brand from the Trump Organization but construct the building on its own. Sater worked on the deal with Rozov and another employee of IC Expert. Cohen was the only Trump Organization representative to negotiate directly with IC Experts or its agents. In approximately September 2015, Cohen obtained approval to negotiate with IC Expert from candidate Trump, who was then president of the Trump Organization. Cohen provided updates directly to Trump about the project throughout 2015 and into 2016, assuring him the project was continuing. Cohen also discussed the Trump Moscow project with Ivanka Trump as to design elements, such as possible architects to use for the project, and Donald J. Trump Jr. about his experience in Moscow and possible involvement in the project during the fall of 2015. Also during the fall of 2015, 
Cohen communicated about the Trump Tower proposal with Georgie Ritalitz, a business executive who previously had been involved in a development deal with the Trump Organization in Batumi, Georgia. Cohen stated that he spoke to Ritzelitz in part because Ritzelitz had pursued business ventures in Moscow, including a licensing deal with the Lagarov-owned Crocus Group. On September 22, 2015, Cohen forwarded a preliminary design study for the Trump Moscow project to Ritzelitz, adding, quote, I look forward to your reply about the spectacular project in Moscow, end quote. Ritzelitz forwarded Cohen's email to an associate and wrote, quote, if we could organize the meeting in New York at the highest level of the Russian government and Mr. Trump, this project would definitely receive the worldwide attention. End quote. On September 24, 2015, Ritzelitz sent Cohen an attachment that he described as a proposed quote, letter to the mayor of Moscow from Trump Organization, explaining that we need to send this letter to the mayor of Moscow, second guy in Russia, who is aware of the potential project and will pledge his support. End quote. In a second email to Cohen sent the same day, Ritzelitz provided a translation of the letter, which described the Trump Moscow project as a, quote, symbol of stronger economic, business, and cultural relationships between New York and Moscow, and therefore United States and the Russian Federation, end quote. On September 27, 2015, Ritzelitz sent another email to Cohen, proposing that the Trump Organization partner on the Trump Moscow project with Global Development Group, LLC, which he described as being controlled by Mikhail Pashkin, a Russian architect, and Simon Nazaradze. Cohen told the office that he ultimately declined the proposal and instead continued to work with the LC Expert, the company represented by Felix Sater. Subsection C. Letter of Intent and Contacts to Russian Government from October 2015 to January 2016. Trump signs the Letter of Intent on behalf of the Trump Organization. Between approximately October 13, 2015 and November 2, 2015, the Trump Organization, through its subsidiary Trump Acquisition, LLC, and IC Expert, completed a Letter of Intent, LOI, for Trump Moscow property. The LOI, signed by Trump for the Trump Organization, and Razov on behalf of IC Expert, was intended to facilitate further discussions in order to attempt to enter into a mutually acceptable agreement related to the Trump-branded project in Moscow. The LOI contemplated a development with residential, hotel, commercial, and office components and asked for, quote, approximately 250 first-class luxury residential condominiums, as well as one first-class luxury hotel consisting of approximately 15 floors and containing not fewer than 150 hotel rooms, end quote. For the residential and commercial portions of the project, the Trump Organization would receive between 1% and 5% of all condominium sales, plus 3% of all rental and other revenue. For the project's hotel portion, the Trump Organization would receive a base fee of 3% of gross operating revenues for the first five years and 4% thereafter, plus a separate incentive fee of 20% of operating profit. Under the LOI, the Trump Organization also would receive $4 million upfront fee prior to groundbreaking. Under these terms, the Trump Organization stood to earn substantial sums over the lifetime of the project without assuming significant liabilities or financing commitments. On November 3, 2015, the day after the Trump Organization transmitted the LOI, Sater emailed Cohen suggesting that the Trump Moscow project could be used to increase candidate Trump's chances of being elected, writing, quote, Buddy, our boy can become president of the USA and we can engineer it. I will get all of Putin's team to buy in on this. I will manage this process. Michael, Putin gets on stage with Donald for a ribbon cutting for Trump Moscow, and Donald owns the Republican nomination, and possibly beats Hillary and our boy is in. We will manage this process better than anyone. You and I will get Donald and Vladimir on a stage together very shortly. That's the game changer, unquote. Later that day, Sater followed up, quote, Donald doesn't stare down. He negotiates and understands the economic issues, and Putin only wants to deal with a pragmatic leader. And a successful businessman is a good candidate for someone who knows how to negotiate. Business, politics, whatever. It is all the same for someone who knows how to deal. I think I can get Putin to say that at the Trump Moscow press conference. If he says it, we own this election. America's most difficult adversary agreeing that Donald is a good guy to negotiate? 
we can own this election michael my next steps are very sensitive with putin's very very close people we can pull this off michael let's go two boys from brooklyn getting a u s president elected this is good really good End quote. according to cohen he did not consider the political import of the trump moscow project to the two thousand sixteen u s presidential election at the time Cohen also did not recall candidate Trump or anyone affiliated with the Trump campaign discussing the political implications of the Trump-Moscow project with him. However, Cohen recalled conversations with Trump in which the candidate suggested that his campaign would be a significant infomercial for Trump-branded properties. Subsection 2. Post-LOI Contacts with Individuals in Russia Given the size of the Trump-Moscow project, Sater and Cohen believed the project required approval, whether expressed or implicit, from the Russian national government, including from the presidential administration of Russia. Sater stated that he therefore began to contact the presidential administration through another Russian business contact. In early negotiations with the Trump Organization, Sater had alluded to the need for government approval and his attempts to set up meetings with Russian officials. On October 12, 2015, for example, Sater wrote to Cohen that, quote, all we need is Putin on board and we are golden, and that a meeting with Putin and top deputy is tentatively set for the 14th of October, end quote. This meeting was being coordinated by associates in Russia and that he had no direct interaction with the Russian government. Approximately a month later, after the LOI had been signed, Lena Arkova emailed Ivanka Trump on behalf of Arakova's then-husband, Dmitry Klokov, to offer Klokov's assistance to the Trump campaign. Klokov was at that time Director of External Communications for PJSC Federal Grid Company of Unified Energy System, a large Russian electricity transmission company, and had been previously employed as an aide and press secretary to Russia's energy minister. Ivanka Trump forwarded the email to Cohen. He told the office that, after receiving this inquiry, he had conducted an internet search for Klokov's name and concluded, incorrectly, that Klokov was a former Olympic weightlifter. Between November 8th and 19th, 2015, Klokov and Cohen had at least one telephone call and exchanged several emails. Describing himself in emails to Cohen as a trusted person who could offer the campaign political synergy and synergy on a government level, Klokov recommended that Cohen travel to Russia to speak with him and an unidentified intermediary. Klokov said that those conversations could facilitate a later meeting in Russia between the candidate and an individual Klokov described as, quote, our person of interest, end quote. In an email to the office, Arkova later identified the person of interest as Russian President Vladimir Putin. In the telephone call and follow-on emails from Klokov, Cohen discussed his desire to use a near-term trip to Russia to do site surveys and talk over the Trump-Moscow project with local developers. Cohen registered his willingness also to meet with Klokov and the unidentified intermediary, but was emphatic that all meetings in Russia involving him or candidate Trump, including a possible meeting between candidate Trump and Putin, would need to be, quote, in conjunction with the development at an official visit, end quote, with the Trump organization receiving a formal invitation to visit. Klokov had written previously that, quote, the visit by candidate Trump to Russia has to be informal, end quote. Klokov had also previously recommended to Cohen that he separate their negotiations of a possible meeting between Trump and the person of interest from any existing business track. Re-emphasizing that his outreach was not done on behalf of any business, Klokov added in second email to Cohen that, if publicized well, such a meeting could have, quote, phenomenal impact in a business dimension and that the person of interest's most important support could have significant ramifications for the levels of projects and their capacity, end quote. Klokov concluded by telling Cohen that there was, quote, no bigger warranty in any project than the consent of the person of interest, end quote. Cohen rejected the proposal, saying that, quote, currently our LOI developer is in talk with BP's chief of staff, and arranging a formal invite for the two to meet, end quote. This email appears to be their final exchange, and the investigation did not identify evidence that Cohen brought Klokov's initial offer of assistance to the campaign's attention or that anyone associated with the Trump organization or the campaign dealt with Klokov at a later date. Cohen explained that he did not pursue the proposed meeting because he was already working on the Moscow project with Sater, who Cohen understood to have his own connections to the Russian government. 
by late december two thousand fifteen however cohen was complaining that sater had not been able to use those connections to set up the promised meeting with russian government officials cohen told sater that he was setting up the meeting myself on january eleventh two thousand sixteen cohen emailed the office of dmitry peskov the russian government's press secretary indicating that he desired contact with sergey avinov putin's chief of staff cohen erroneously used an email address so the email apparently did not go through on january fourteenth two thousand sixteen cohen emailed a different address with the following message Quote, dear mr peskov over the past few months i have been working with a company based in russia regarding the development of a trumpet tower moscow project in moscow city without getting into lengthy specifics the communication between our two sides has stalled as this project is too important i am hereby requesting your assistance i respectfully request someone preferably you contact me so that i might discuss the specifics as well as arranging meetings with the appropriate individuals i thank you in advance for your assistance and look forward to hearing from you soon End quote. two days later cohen sent an email repeating his request to speak with sergey ivanov cohen testified to congress and initially told the office that he did not recall receiving a response to this email inquiry and that he decided to terminate any further work on the trump moscow project as of january two thousand sixteen cohen later admitted that these statements were false in fact cohen had received and recalled receiving a response to his inquiry and he continued to work on and update candidate trump on the project through as late as june two thousand sixteen on january twentieth two thousand sixteen cohen received an email from elena polyakova peskov's personal assistant writing from her personal email account polyakova stated that she had been trying to reach cohen and asked that he call her on the personal number that she provided shortly after receiving polyakova's email cohen called and spoke to her for twenty minutes cohen described to polyakova his position at the trump organization and outlined the proposed trump moscow project including information about the russian counterparty with which the trump organization had partnered cohen requested assistance in moving the project forward both in securing land to build the project and with financing according to cohen polyakova asked detailed questions and took notes stating that she would need to follow up with the others in russia Cohen could not recall any direct follow-up from Polyakova or from any other representative of the Russian government, nor did the office identify any evidence of direct follow-up. However, the day after Cohen's call with Polyakova, Sator texted Cohen asking him to call me when you have a few minutes to chat. It's about Putin. They called today. Sator then sent a draft invitation for Cohen to visit Moscow to discuss the Trump-Moscow project, along with a note to, tell me if the letter is good as amended by me, or make whatever changes you want and send it back to me. After a further round of edits on January 25, 2016, Sator sent Cohen an invitation signed by Andrei Rabinensky of the company MHJ to travel to, quotes, Moscow for a working visit, about the prospects of development and the construction business in russia the various land plots available suited for construction of this enormous tower and the opportunity to coordinate a follow-up visit to moscow by mr donald trump end quote according to cohen he elected not to travel at the time because of concerns about the lack of concrete proposals about land plots that could be considered as options for the project subsection d Discussions about Russia travel by Michael Cohen or candidate Trump from December 2015 to June 2016. Sater's overtures to Cohen to travel to Russia. The late January communication was neither the first nor the last time that Cohen contemplated visiting Russia in pursuit of the Trump Moscow project. Beginning in late 2015, Sater repeatedly tried to arrange for Cohen and candidate Trump as representatives of the Trump Organization to travel to Russia to meet with Russian government officials and possible financing partners. In June 2015, Sater sent Cohen a number of emails about logistics for traveling to Russia for meetings. On December 19, 2015, Sater wrote, quote, Please call me. I have Avedje Dovaskin on the other line. He needs a copy of yours and Donald's passports. They need a scan of every page of the passports. Invitations and visas will be issued this week by VTB Bank to discuss financing for Trump Tower Moscow. 
politically neither putin's office nor ministry of foreign affairs cannot issue invite so they are inviting commercially business vtb is russia's second biggest bank and vt bank ceo andre Kostin will be at all meetings with putin so that it is a business meeting not political we will be invited to russia consulate this week to receive invite and have visa issued end quote in response cohen texted sater an image of his own passport cohen told the office that at one point he requested a copy of candidate trump's passport from rona graff trump's executive assistant at the trump organization and that graff later brought trump's passport to cohen's office the investigation did not however establish that the passport was forwarded to sater in the spring of two thousand sixteen Sater and Cohen continued to discuss a trip to Moscow in connection with the Trump Moscow project. On April 20, 2016, Sater wrote Cohen, quote, The people wanted to know when you were coming. End quote. On May 4, 2016, Sater followed up quote, I had a chat with Moscow. Assuming the trip does happen, the question is before or after the convention. I said I believe, but don't know for sure, that it's probably after the convention obviously the pre-meeting trip you only can happen at any time you want but the two big eyes were the question i said i would confirm and revert let me know about if i was right by saying i believed after cleveland and also when you want to speak to them and possibly fly over end quote cohen responded my trip before cleveland trump once he becomes the nominee after the convention the day after this exchange, Sater tied cohen's travel to russia to the st petersburg international economic forum also known as Forum, an annual event attended by prominent Russian politicians and businessmen. Sater told the office that he was informed by a business associate that Peskov wanted to invite Cohen to the Forum. On May 5, 2016, Sater wrote to Cohen, quote, Peskov would like to invite you as his guest to the St. Petersburg Forum, which is Russia's Davos, is June 16th through 19th. He wants to meet there with you and possibly introduce you to either Putin or Medvedev, as they are not sure if one or both will be there. This is perfect. The entire business class of Russia will be there as well. He said anything you want to discuss, including dates and subjects, are on the table to discuss. End quote. The following day, Sater asked Cohen to confirm those dates would work for him to travel. Cohen wrote back, works for me. On June 9, 2016, Sater sent Cohen a notice that he, Sater, was completing the badges for the forum, adding, quote, Putin is there on the 17th. Very strong chance you will meet him as well, end quote. On June 13, 2016, Sater forwarded Cohen an invitation to the forum signed by the director of the Ross Congress Foundation, the Russian entity organizing the forum. Sater also sent Cohen a Russian visa application and asked him to send two passport photos. According to Cohen, the invitation gave no indication that Peskov had been involved in inviting him. Cohen was concerned that Russian officials were not actually involved or were not interested in meeting with him, as Sater had alleged, and so he decided not to go to the forum. On June 14, 2016, Cohen met Sater in the lobby of the Trump Tower in New York and informed him that he would not be traveling at this time. Subsection 2. Candidate Trump's Opportunities to Travel to Russia the investigation identified evidence that, during the period the Trump-Moscow project was under consideration, the possibility of candidate Trump visiting Russia arose in two contexts. First, in interviews with the office, Cohen stated that he discussed the subject of traveling to Russia with Trump twice, once in late 2015 and again in spring 2016. According to Cohen, Trump indicated a willingness to travel if it would assist the project significantly. On one occasion, Trump told Cohen to speak with then-campaign manager Corey Lewandowski to coordinate the candidate's schedule. Cohen recalled that he spoke with Lewandowski, who suggested that they speak again when Cohen had actual dates to evaluate. Cohen indicated, however, that he knew that travel prior to the Republican National Convention would be impossible given the candidate's pre-existing commitments to the campaign. Second, like Cohen, Trump received and turned down an invitation to the St. Petersburg International Economic Forum. In late December 2015, Myra Duma, a contact of Ivanka Trump's from the fashion industry, first passed along invitations for Ivanka Trump and candidate Trump from Sergei Prokhodko, a deputy prime minister of the Russian Federation. On January 14, 2016, Rona Graf sent an email to Duma stating that Trump was 
quote, honored to be asked to participate in the highly prestigious forum event, but that he would have to decline the invitation given his very grueling and full travel schedule as a presidential candidate, end quote. Graf asked Duma whether she recommended that Graf, quote, send a formal note to the deputy prime minister, end quote, declining his invitation. Duma replied that a formal note would be great. It does not appear that Graf prepared that note immediately. According to written answers from President Trump, Graf received an email from Deputy Prime Minister Prokhodko on March 17, 2016, again inviting Trump to participate in the 2016 forum in St. Petersburg. Two weeks later, on March 31, 2016, Graf prepared for Trump's signature a two-paragraph letter declining the invitation. The letter stated that Trump's Quotes, schedules have become extremely demanding because of the presidential campaign that he already had several commitments in the United States for the time of the forum and that he otherwise would have gladly given every consideration to attending such an important event, end quote. Graf forwarded the letter to another executive assistant at the Trump Organization with instructions to print the document on letterhead for Trump to sign. At approximately the same time that the letter was being prepared, Robert Forsman, a New York-based investment banker, began reaching out to Graf to secure an in-person meeting with candidate Trump. According to Forsman, he had been asked by Anton Kabyakov, a Russian presidential aide involved with the Bras Congress Foundation, to see if Trump could speak at the forum. Forsman first emailed Graf on March 31, 2016, following a phone introduction brokered through Trump business associate Mark Burnett, who produced the television show The Apprentice. In his email, Forsman referenced his long-standing personal and professional expertise in Russia and Ukraine, his work setting up an early private channel between Vladimir Putin and former U.S. President George W. Bush, and an approach he had received from senior Kremlin officials about the candidate. Forsman asked Graf for a meeting with the candidate, Corey Lewandowski, or another relevant person, to discuss this and other concrete things Forsman felt uncomfortable discussing over unsecure email. On April 4, 2016, Graf forwarded Forsman's meeting request to Jessica Machia, another executive assistant to Trump. With no response forthcoming, Forsman twice sent reminders to Graf, first on April 26th and again on April 30th, 2016. Graf sent an apology to Forsman and forwarded his April 26th email, as well as his initial March 26th email, to Lewandowski. On May 2nd, 2016, Graf forwarded Forsman's April 30 email, which suggested an alternative meeting with Donald Trump Jr. or Eric Trump, so that Forsman could convey to them information that, quote, should be conveyed to the candidate personally or to someone the candidate absolutely trusts, end quote, to policy advisor Stephen Miller. No communications or other evidence obtained by the office indicate that the Trump campaign learned that Forsman was reaching out to invite the candidate to the forum or that the campaign otherwise followed up with Forsman until after the election when he interacted with the transition team as he pursued a possible position in the incoming administration. When interviewed by the office, Forsman denied that the specific approach from senior Kremlin officials noted in his March 31, 2016 email was anything other than Kabyakov's invitation to Ross Congress. According to Forsman, the concrete things he referenced in the same email were a combination of the invitation itself, Forsman's personal perspectives on the invitation, and Russia policy in general, and details of a Ukraine plan supported by a U.S. think tank, East-West Institute. Forsman told the office that Kabyakov had extended similar invitations through him to another Republican presidential candidate and one other politician. Forsman also said that Kayabkov had asked Foreman to invite Trump to speak after that other presidential candidate withdrew from the race and the other politician's participation did not work out. Finally, Forsman claimed to have no plans to establish a back channel involving Trump, stating the reference to his involvement in the Bush-Putin back channel was meant to burnish his credentials to the campaign. Forsman commented that he had not recognized any of the experts announced as Trump's foreign policy team in March 2016 and wanted to secure an in-person meeting with the candidate to share his professional background and policy views, including that Trump should decline Kapyavka's invitation to speak at the forum. Subsection 2. George Papadopoulos 
George Papadopoulos was a foreign policy advisor to the Trump campaign from March 2016 to early October 2016. In late April 2016, Papadopoulos was told by London-based professor Joseph Mifsud immediately after Mifsud's return from a trip to Moscow that the Russian government had obtained dirt on candidate Clinton in the form of thousands of emails. One week later, on May 6, 2016, Papadopoulos suggested to a representative of a foreign government that the Trump campaign had received indications from the Russian government that it could assist the campaign through the anonymous release of information that would be damaging to candidate Clinton. Papadopoulos shared information about Russian dirt with people outside of the campaign, and the office investigated whether he also provided it to a campaign official. Papadopoulos and the campaign officials with whom he interacted told the office that they did not recall that Papadopoulos passed them the information. Throughout the relevant period of time and for several months thereafter, Papadopoulos worked with Mifsud and two Russian nationals to arrange a meeting between the campaign and the Russian government. That meeting never came to pass. Subsection A. Origins of Campaign Work In March 2016, Papadopoulos became a foreign policy advisor to the Trump campaign. As early as the summer of 2015, he had sought a role as a policy advisor to the campaign, but, in a September 30, 2015 email, he was told that the campaign was not hiring policy advisors. In late 2015, Papadopoulos obtained a paid position on the campaign of Republican presidential candidate Ben Carson. Although Carson remained in the presidential race until early March 2016, Papadopoulos had stopped actively working for his campaign by early February 2016. At that time, Papadopoulos reached out to a contact at the London Center of International Law Practice, or LCILP, which billed itself as a, quote, unique institution comprising high-level professional international law practitioners dedicated to the advancement of global legal knowledge and the practice of international law, End quote. Papadopoulos said that he had finished his role with the Carson campaign and asked if LCILP was hiring. In early February, Papadopoulos agreed to join LCILP and arrived in London to begin work. As he was taking his position at LCILP, Papadopoulos contacted Trump campaign manager Corey Lewandowski via LinkedIn and emailed campaign official Michael Glasner about his interest in joining the Trump campaign. On March 2, 2016, Papadopoulos sent Glasner another message reiterating his interest. Glasner passed along word of Papadopoulos' interest to another campaign official, Joy Lutz, who notified Papadopoulos by email that she had been told by Glasner to introduce Papadopoulos to Sam Clovis, the Trump campaign's national co-chair and chief policy advisor. At the time of Papadopoulos's March 2nd email, the media was criticizing the Trump campaign for lack of experienced foreign policy or national security advisors within its ranks. To address that issue, senior campaign officials asked Clovis to put a foreign policy team together on short notice. After receiving Papadopoulos's name from Lutz, Clovis performed a Google search on Papadopoulos, learned that he had worked at the Hudson Institute, and believed that he had credibility on energy issues. On March 3, 2016, Clovis arranged to speak with Papadopoulos by phone to discuss Papadopoulos joining the campaign as a foreign policy advisor, and on March 6, 2016, the two spoke. Papadopoulos recalled that Russia was mentioned as a topic, and he understood from the conversation that Russia would be an important aspect of the campaign's foreign policy. At the end of the conversation, Clovis offered Papadopoulos a role as policy advisor to the campaign, and Papadopoulos accepted the offer. Subsection B. Initial Russia-Related Contacts Approximately a week after signing on as a foreign policy advisor, Papadopoulos traveled to Rome, Italy, as part of his duties with LCILP. The purpose of the trip was to meet officials affiliated with Link Campus University, a for-profit institution headed by a former Italian government official. During the visit, Papadopoulos was introduced to Joseph Mifsud. Mifsud is a Maltese national who worked as a professor at the London Academy of Diplomacy in London, England. Although Mifsud worked out of London and was also affiliated with LCILP, the encounter in Rome was the first time that Papadopoulos met him. Mifsud maintained various Russian contacts while living in London, as later discussed. Among his contacts was 
redaction investigative technique a one-time employee of the ira the entity that carried out the russian social media campaign in january and february 2016 mifsud and redaction investigative technique discussed possibly meeting in russia the investigation did not identify evidence of them meeting later in the spring of 2016 redacted investigative technique was also in contact redacted investigative technique that was linked to an employee of the russian ministry of defense and that account had overlapping contacts with a group of russian military controlled facebook accounts that included accounts used to promote the dc leaks releases in the course of the gru's hack and release operations according to papadopoulos mifsud at first seemed uninterested in papadopoulos when they met in rome after papadopoulos informed mifsud about his role in the trump campaign however mifsud appeared to take greater interest in papadopoulos the two discussed mifsud's european and russian contacts and had a general discussion about russia mifsud also offered to introduce papadopoulos to european leaders and others with contacts to the russian government papadopoulos told the office that mifsud's claim of substantial connections with russian government officials interested papadopoulos who thought that such connections could increase his importance as a policy adviser to the trump campaign on march seventeenth two thousand sixteen papadopoulos returned to london four days later candidate trump publicly named him as a member of the foreign policy and national security advisory team chaired by senator jeff sessions describing papadopoulos as an oil and energy consultant and an excellent guy on march twenty fourth two thousand sixteen papadopoulos met with mifsud in london mifsud was accompanied by a russian female named olga polonskaya mifsud introduced polonskaya as a former student of his who had connections to vladimir putin papadopoulos understood at the time that polonskaya may have been putin's niece but later learned that this was not true during the meeting polonskaya offered to help papadopoulos establish contacts in russia and stated that the russian ambassador in london was a friend of hers based on this interaction papadopoulos expected mifsud apolonskaya to introduce him to the russian ambassador in london but that did not occur following his meeting with mifsud papadopoulos sent an email to members of the trump campaign's foreign policy advisory team the subject line of the message was meeting with russian leadership including putin the message stated in pertinent part quote, I just finished a very productive lunch with a good friend of mine, Joseph Mifsud, the director of the London Academy of Diplomacy, who introduced me to both Putin's niece and the Russian ambassador in London, who also acts as the deputy foreign minister. The topic of the lunch was to arrange a meeting between us and the Russian leadership to discuss U.S.-Russia ties under President Trump. They are keen to host us in a neutral city or directly in Moscow. They said the leadership, including Putin, is ready to meet with us and Mr. Trump, should there be interest, waiting for everyone's thoughts on moving forward with this very important issue. End quote. Papadopoulos's message came at a time when Clovis perceived a shift in the campaign's approach toward Russia, from one of engaging with Russia through the NATO framework and taking a strong stance on Russian aggression in Ukraine to redacted grand jury. Clovis's response to Papadopoulos, however, did not reflect that shift. Replying to Papadopoulos and other members of the foreign policy advisory team copied on the initial email, Clovis wrote, quote, This is most informative. Let me work it through the campaign. No commitments until we see how this plays out. My thought is that we probably should not go forward with any meeting with the Russians until we have had occasion to sit with our NATO allies, especially France, Germany, and Great Britain. We need to reassure our allies that we are not going to advance anything with Russia until we have everyone on the same page. More thoughts later today. Great work. End quote. Subsection C. March 31, Foreign Policy Team Meeting. The campaign held a meeting of the Foreign Policy Advisory Team with Senator Sessions and candidate Trump approximately one week later on March 31, 2016 in Washington, D.C. The meeting, which was intended to generate press coverage for the campaign, took place at the Trump International Hotel. Papadopoulos flew to Washington for the event. At the meeting, Senator Sessions sat at one end of an oval table, while Trump sat at the other. As reflected in the photo included with the written report, which was posted to Trump's Instagram account, Papadopoulos sat between the two, two seats to Sessions' left. 
during the meeting each of the newly announced foreign policy advisers introduced themselves and briefly described their areas of experience or expertise papadopoulos spoke about his previous work in the energy sector and then brought up a potential meeting with russian officials specifically papadopoulos told the group that he had learned through his contacts in london that putin wanted to meet with candidate trump and that these connections could help arrange the meeting trump and sessions both reacted to papadopoulos's statement papadopoulos and campaign adviser j d gordon who told investigators in an interview that he had a crystal clear recollection of the meeting have stated that trump was interested in and receptive to the idea of a meeting with putin papadopoulos understood sessions to be similarly supportive of his efforts to arrange a meeting gordon and two other attendees however recall that sessions generally opposed the proposal though they differ in their accounts of the concerns he voiced or the strength of the opposition he expressed subsection d george papadopoulos learns that russia has dirt in the form of clinton emails whatever sessions precise words at the march thirty first meeting papadopoulos did not understand sessions or anyone else in the trump campaign to have directed that he refrain from making further efforts to arrange a meeting between the campaign and the russian government to the contrary papadopoulos told the office that he understood the campaign to be supportive of his efforts to arrange such a meeting accordingly when he returned to london papadopoulos resumed those efforts Throughout April 2016, Papadopoulos continued to correspond with, meet with, and seek Russia contacts through Mifsud and, at times, Polonskaya. For example, within a week of her initial March 24th meeting with him, Polonskaya attempted to send Papadopoulos a text message, which email exchanges showed to have been drafted or edited by Mifsud, addressing Papadopoulos's wish to engage with the Russian Federation. When Papadopoulos learned from Mifsud that Polonskaya had tried to message him, he sent her an email seeking another meeting. Polonskaya responded the next day that she was, quotes, back in St. Petersburg, but would be very pleased to support Papadopoulos's initiatives between our two countries and to meet him again, end quote. Papadopoulos stated in reply that he thought, quotes, a good step would be to introduce him to the Russian ambassador in London, and that he would like to talk to the ambassador, or anyone else she recommend, about a potential foreign policy trip to Russia, end quotes. Mifsud, who had been copied on the email exchanges, replied on the morning of April 11, 2016. He wrote, quotes, this has already been agreed. I am flying to Moscow on the 18th for a Valde meeting, plus other meetings at the Duma. We will talk tomorrow. End quotes. The two bodies referenced by Mifsud are part of or associated with the Russian government. The Duma is a Russian legislative assembly, while Valde refers to the Valde Discussion Club, a Moscow-based group that is close to Russia's foreign policy establishment. Papadopoulos thanked Mifsud and said that he would see him tomorrow. For her part, Polonskaya responded that she had, quotes, already alerted my personal links to our conversation and your request, that we are all excited the possibility of a good relationship with Mr. Trump, and that the Russian Federation would love to welcome him once his candidature would be officially announced, end quotes. Papadopoulos's and Mipsud's mentions of seeing each other tomorrow referenced a meeting that the two had scheduled for the next morning, April 12, 2016, at the Andes Hotel in London. Papadopoulos acknowledged the meeting during interviews with the office, and records from Papadopoulos's UK cell phone and his internet search history all indicated that the meeting took place. Following the meeting, Mipsud traveled as planned to Moscow. On April 18, 2016, while in Russia, Mifsud introduced Papadopoulos over email to Ivan Timoviev, a member of the Russian International Affairs Council, or IAC. Mifsud had described Timoviev as having connections with the Russian Ministry of Foreign Affairs, the executive entity in Russia responsible for Russian foreign relations. Over the next several weeks, Papadopoulos and Himaviv had multiple conversations over Skype and email about setting the groundwork for a potential meeting between the campaign and Russian government officials. Papadopoulos told the office that, on one Skype call, he believed that his conversation with Timoviev was being monitored or supervised by an unknown third party because Timoviev spoke in an official manner and Papadopoulos heard odd noises on the line. Timoviev also told Papadopoulos in an April 25, 2016 email that he had just spoken, quotes, 
to igor ivanov the president of riac and former foreign minister of russia and conveyed ivanov's advice about how best to arrange a moscow visit after a stop in rome mifsud returned to england on april twenty fifth two thousand sixteen the next day papadopoulos met mifsud for breakfast at the andes hotel the same location as their last meeting during that meeting mifsud told papadopoulos that he had met with high-level russian government officials during his recent trip to moscow mifsud also said that on the trip he learned that the russians had obtained dirt on candidate hillary clinton as papadopoulos later stated to the fbi mifsud said that the dirt was in the form of emails of clinton and that they have thousands of emails on may sixth two thousand sixteen ten days after that meeting with mifsud papadopoulos suggested to a representative of a foreign government that the trump campaign had received indications from the russian government that it could assist the campaign through the anonymous release of information that would be damaging to hillary clinton subsection e russia related communications with the campaign while he was discussing with his foreign contacts a potential meeting of campaign officials with russian government officials papadopoulos kept campaign officials apprised of his efforts on april twenty fifth two thousand sixteen the day before mipset told papadopoulos about the emails papadopoulos wrote to senior policy adviser stephen miller that quotes, the russian government has an open invitation by putin for mr trump to meet him when he is ready and that the advantages of being in london is that these governments tend to speak a bit more openly in neutral cities End quotes. on april twenty seventh two thousand sixteen after his meeting with mipsud papadopoulos wrote a second message to miller stating that quote, some interesting messages were coming in from moscow about a trip when the time is right End quote. the same day papadopoulos sent a similar email to campaign manager cory lewandowski telling lewandowski that papadopoulos had quote, been receiving a lot of calls over the last month about putin wanting to host trump and the team when the time is right End quote. papadopoulos's russian-related communications with campaign officials continued throughout the spring and summer of two thousand sixteen on may fourth two thousand sixteen he forwarded to lewandowski an email from timaviv raising the possibility of a meeting in moscow asking lewandowski whether that was something we want to move forward with the next day papadopoulos forwarded the same timaviv email to sam clovis adding to the top of the email russia update he included the same email in a may twenty first two thousand sixteen message to senior campaign official paul manafort under the subject line request from russia to meet mr trump stating that quote, russia has been eager to meet mr trump for quite some time and have been reaching out to me to discuss manafort forwarded the message to another campaign official without including papadopoulos and stated quote, let's discuss we need someone to communicate that trump is not doing these trips it should be someone low level in the campaign so as not to send any signal End quote. on june first two thousand sixteen papadopoulos replied to an earlier email chain with lewandowski about a russia visit asking if lewandowski quotes, wanted to have a call about this topic and whether we are following up with it End quotes. after lewandowski told papadopoulos to quotes, connect with clovis because he was running point papadopoulos emailed clovis that the russian mfa was asking him if mr trump is interested in visiting russia at some point End quotes. papadopoulos wrote in an email that he quotes, wanted to pass this information along to you for you to decide what's best to do with it or what message i should send or to ignore End quotes. After several email and Skype exchanges with Timaviv, Papadopoulos sent one more email to Lewandowski on June 19, 2016, Lewandowski's last day as campaign manager. The email stated that the Russian military of foreign affairs had contacted him and asked whether, if Mr. Trump could not travel to Russia, a campaign representative such as Papadopoulos could attend meetings. Papadopoulos told Lewandowski that he was, quote, willing to make the trip off the record if it's in the interest of mr trump and the campaign to meet specific people End quote. following lewandowski's departure from the campaign papadopoulos communicated with clovis and walid perez another member of the foreign policy advisory team about an off-the-record meeting between the campaign and russian government officials or with papadopoulos's other russian connections mifsud and timaviv 
Papadopoulos also interacted directly with Clovis and Ferrez in connection with the summit of the Transatlantic Parliamentary Group on Counterterrorism, TAG, a group for which Ferrez was co-secretary general. On July 16, 2016, Papadopoulos attended the TAG summit in Washington, D.C., where he sat next to Clovis. Included within the document is a photo of this incident. Although Clovis claimed to have no recollection of attending the TAG summit, Papadopoulos remembered discussing Russia and a foreign policy trip with Clovis and Perez during the event. Papadopoulos's recollection is consistent with emails sent before and after the TAG summit. The pre-summit messages included a July 11, 2016 email in which Perez suggested meeting Papadopoulos the day after the summit to chat and a July 12th message in the same chain in which Ferris advised Papadopoulos that other summit attendees, quote, are very nervous about Russia, so be aware, end quote. Ten days after the summit, Papadopoulos sent an email to Mifsud listing Ferris and Clovis as other participants in a potential meeting at the London Academy of Diplomacy. Finally, Papadopoulos's recollection is also consistent with handwritten notes from a journal that he kept at the time. Those notes appear to refer to potential September 2016 meetings in London with representatives of the Office of Putin and suggest that Ferrez, Clovis, and Papadopoulos would attend without the official backing of the campaign. Quote, no official letter, no message from Trump. Additional Papadopoulos notes in fragmentary form are included with the report and are as follows. September. Have an exploratory meeting. In September, if allowed, they will blast Mr. Trump. We want the meeting in London, England. No official letter, no message from Trump. They are talking to us. It is a lot of risk. Office of Putin. Explore. We are a campaign. Willingness to meet with Sam Walid. Useful to have a session with him. End of Papadopoulos Journal Notes. Subsection F. Trump Campaign Knowledge of Dirt. Papadopoulos admitted telling at least one individual outside of the campaign, specifically the then-Greek foreign minister, about Russia's obtaining Clinton-related emails. In addition, a different foreign government informed the FBI that, 10 days after meeting with Mifsud in late April 2016, Papadopoulos suggested that the Trump campaign had received indications from the Russian government that it could assist the campaign through the anonymous release of information that would be damaging to Hillary Clinton. This conversation occurred after the GRU spearfished Clinton campaign chairman John Podesta and stole his emails, and the GRU hacked into the DCCC and DNC. Such disclosures raised questions about whether Papadopoulos informed any Trump campaign official about the emails. When interviewed, Papadopoulos and the campaign officials who interacted with him told the office that they could not recall Papadopoulos's sharing the information that Russia had obtained dirt on candidate Clinton in the form of emails or that Russia could assist the campaign through the anonymous release of information about Clinton. Papadopoulos stated that he could not clearly recall having told anyone on the campaign and wavered about whether he accurately remembered an incident in which Clovis had been upset after hearing Papadopoulos tell Clovis that Papadopoulos thought that they have her emails. The campaign officials who interacted or corresponded with Papadopoulos have similarly stated, with varying degrees of certainty, that he did not tell them. Senior policy advisor Stephen Miller, for example, did not remember hearing anything from Papadopoulos or Clovis about Russia having emails of or dirt on candidate Clinton. Clovis stated that he did not recall anyone, including Papadopoulos, having given him non-public information that a foreign government might be in possession of material damaging to Hillary Clinton. Redaction grand jury. No documentary evidence and nothing in the email accounts or other communications reviewed by the office shows that Papadopoulos shared this information with the campaign. Subsection G. Additional George Papadopoulos Contact. The office investigated another Russia-related contact with Papadopoulos. The office was not fully able to explore the contact because the individual at issue, Sergi Millian, remained out of the country since the inception of our investigation and declined to meet with members of the office despite our repeated efforts to obtain an interview. Papadopoulos first connected with Millian via LinkedIn on July 15, 2016, shortly after Papadopoulos had attended the TAG summit with Clovis. 
Millian, an American citizen who was a native of Belarus, introduced himself as president of the New York-based Russian-American Chamber of Commerce and claimed that through that position he had, quote, insider knowledge and direct access to the top hierarchy in Russian politics, end quote. Papadopoulos asked Timoviev whether he had heard of Millian. Although Timoviev said no, Papadopoulos met Millian in New York City. The meetings took place on July 30 and August 1, 2016. Afterwards, Millian invited Papadopoulos to attend and potentially speak at two international energy conferences, including one that was to be held in Moscow in September 2016. Papadopoulos ultimately did not attend either conference. On July 31, 2016, following his first in-person meeting with Millian, Papadopoulos emailed Trump campaign official Bo Denizik to say that he had been contacted, quotes, by some leaders of Russian-American voters here in the U.S. about their interest in voting for Mr. Trump and asked whether he should put you in touch with their group, U.S.-Russia Chamber of Commerce, end quote. Denisik thanked Papadopoulos for taking the initiative, but asked him to hold off with outreach to Russian Americans because too many articles had already portrayed the campaign, then campaign chairman Paul Manafort and candidate Trump as being pro-Russian, end quotes. On August 23, 2016, Millian sent a Facebook message to Papadopoulos promising that he would Quote, share with you a disruptive technology that might be instrumental in your political work for the campaign. End quote. Papadopoulos claimed to have no recollection of this matter. On November 9, 2016, shortly after the election, Papadopoulos arranged to meet Millian in Chicago to discuss business opportunities, including potential work with Russian, quote, billionaires who are not under sanctions. End quote. The meeting took place on November 14, 2016, at the Trump Hotel and Tower in Chicago. According to Papadopoulos, the two men discussed partnering on business deals, but Papadopoulos perceived that Millian's attitude toward him changed when Papadopoulos stated that he was only pursuing private sector opportunities and was not interested in a job in the administration. The two remained in contact, however, and had extended online discussions about possible business opportunities in Russia. The two also arranged to meet at a Washington, D.C. bar when both attended Trump's inauguration in late January 2017. End. Section 5. Read by Angelique G. Campbell. June 2019.